Today on this episode of The Brain Surgeon's Take, we will be discussing NeuroLaunch, the future of brain and spine, with co-founder of NeuroLaunch, brain tech innovator, and board-certified neurosurgeon, Dr. Jordan Amadio. Learn about one of the most important frontiers for humanity and the cutting-edge ventures that shape our society. Much more on this podcast episode. Welcome back, everyone. Here's my take on Jordan Amadio. This guy is one of the rare breeds who thinks outside the box. Forget the fact that he went to Harvard, MIT, Princeton, Emory, and is a board-certified neurosurgeon. The fact that he's been featured in the Associated Press, BBC, Boston Globe. In my opinion, those are just names and diplomas. What really separates Jordan from all the other ivory tower professionals is the fact that he saw opportunity, took risk, and co-founded NeuroLaunch, which is the leading program for neuroscience startups. His work with NeuroLaunch has already led to 11 thriving neuroventures and over $15 million in value created for young investors. What really the medical field needs are more Jordan Amadios, entrepreneurs and advocates for advancement. Jordan is an inspiration, even to me. We all have the option of either staying in our comfort zone, being a follower, or do we push boundaries and be a leader? What path would you take? Listen up as we discuss NeuroLaunch, the future of brain and spine. Check it out. Hey, Jordan, how's it going, bud? Hey, hey, Rick, how are you? Good, hey. man. Can you hear me okay? Uh, I got you. Uh, let's see, I got you loud and clear. Is that the, is that the video pane? That is, me? man. All right, cool. Awesome. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. And thanks for thanks yeah. for joining us. I know you're super busy. I just... Um, I'm going to jump right into the questions because we got so much to cover here. And uh, it's, as I told you before, it's such an amazing background that you have. I want to delve into kind of what your mindset was as you picked the different fields that you pursued. But how did you first get involved with entrepreneurship? Yeah, uh, thanks, Rick. So uh, it's great to be here. And, you know, it's really exciting to join this podcast. You've had so many good guests and uh, you know, amazing conversations. So it's, uh, it's fun to be part of it. Um, you know, I, I would say that it's really more about innovation for me than, than entrepreneurship per se. You know, entrepreneurship can mean multiple things. Uh, it's not just about starting companies. Uh, you can be an entrepreneur in your neurosurgical practice, uh, as you well know. You can be an entrepreneur in your research life. And so, you know, really, for me, it's, it's not so much, uh, you know, a job description as it is a mindset. And, um, you know, I'd be happy to speak about that with you today, but, um, I've always been interested in, in kind of building something from nothing, right? What does it take to create something new? Uh, and that often involves a team effort. It involves, uh, a leader, uh, but that leader has to figure out how to pull, uh, different, different resources from different places. And, uh, you know, that's always been, uh, you know, my, my favorite approach. What excites you the most about innovation, right? People, people get, you know, different things make different people tick and kind of motivates them. For you, when you talk about innovation and pushing the field forward, what, what excites you the most about that? Well, I think it's really about being at the interface between neurosurgery and emerging technologies. So I, I've always viewed myself as somebody who wants to sit at that interface. And uh, yes, you know, primarily I am a clinician, right, to be to be 100% clear about that. I'm a, I'm a full-time clinician. Uh, but Within that work and outside of it, uh, you know, I've been really passionate about being involved in the most interesting things that are going to affect our field 
and adjacent fields in 10, 20, 50 years, right? And um, as a as a neurosurgeon, you know, we're we're helping uh, we're helping one patient at a time, and that's that, that's a very sacred thing to me. Um, you're meeting people at the, probably the worst moment of their life, right, when they're undergoing brain or spine surgery, um, and you're helping them, and and that's very valuable. But at the same time, you know, it's rate limiting, right? So you're it's hard to scale that impact. Whereas, you know, as an entrepreneur or an innovator, whatever term you choose, uh, there's the opportunity to create a much higher scale impact and uh, potentially, you know, something that could be remembered for decades or even or even centuries. And that's uh, that's what I think is most exciting about it. Now, I think when people think about doctors, they don't think of doctors as being innovators or businessmen or entrepreneurs that were all just kind of one track mind patient care. And I think that's that's true for probably 99% of physicians, but what do you think makes you different? The fact that, that you have that business sense or that innovative sense or that entrepreneur sense. This episode of The Brain Surgeon's Take is brought to you by vitamin water. Vitamin water is the ideal way to hydrate, replete your electrolytes, and maintain wellness. I drink vitamin water routinely during the day in order to keep up my energy and focus. Check out vitaminwater.com for more information. And use the promo code Brain Surgeons Take for twenty percent off your first order. Yeah, Rick. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this too. You know, I read your book on um, starting a brain tumor practice, and uh, that I, that should be taught in business schools. Honestly, it's uh, it, I've never read a better manual to you know how to launch a, a successful enterprise. So uh, I'd be curious what you say as well. But uh, I, I think you know um, physicians in some ways are natural entrepreneurs. And I just think we have to see that within ourselves, right? And, and, um, and understand, you know, where that can come from. Uh, I, I do think there's a there's a shift going on. If you look at, in the United States anyway, if you look at uh, 50 years ago or a century ago, uh, most physicians and surgeons going through training ended up becoming entrepreneurs. You know, they're set up a shingle, uh, you know, run, run a practice. And, um, and that orientation was kind of built in, I think, to the profession. Uh, you know, I was just at CNS a few days ago and, uh, you know, I saw the, the stats on, um, basically the entire field of surgery, uh, uh, converting to hospital employment, right? Away from private practice, away from traditional academic models, even, um, towards employment. And, and, you know, I, I think that's, it's true that many of the, the students going into, uh, medical school or residency today, uh, you know, have, you know, a bit more of a mindset in some cases of, of being ultimately employees uh, rather than than founders. And uh, I'm not sure that's that's positive, but, you know, change is the only constant, right? So I think we have to deal with that. And, um, uh, you know, th there is a way of approaching our work uh, with an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, that is, uh, learning rapidly from failures, uh, you know, being willing to try something, even if it's new, uh, and having an, an iterative approach. Um, you know, obviously, you know, in surgical work, we're dealing with human beings' lives, and so uh, you know, we can't afford to take the uh, the Facebook approach, right? Of um, uh, basically just uh, you know, fail fail a lot and see what sticks. We have to be more mindful than that. Um, but I, I, I do think that there is a role, and you know, I do think to the extent that neurosurgeons are interested in the larger impact of, of technologies that we're involved in developing, um, you know, we can cultivate that. There are so many 
uh, engineers, venture capitalists, uh, leaders in the uh, startup world who who need expertise of physicians and of surgeons in particular. Uh, that there's ample opportunity. You know, any any of my students and residents who come through and express an interest in this, you know, I tell them, go go talk to people in the mechanical engineering department. You know, go go interface with startup companies. Um, they they need your expertise, and that's the first level of getting involved. Right, the first level of getting involved maybe as an advisor uh, or something like that, or a collaborator. But um, ultimately, for those who choose to take the leap uh, into starting something of their own, uh, the opportunities are there. Yeah, I think you said it best that many physicians don't realize how valuable our knowledge base and our experience is. They think that, okay, well, I'm going to work and I'm doing a regular job, but our knowledge base, especially in something so specialized like neurosurgery, there's a handful of us. And so, like you said, these companies need our expertise. They need our knowledge base. And I think it's important for physicians to know their value, especially when it comes to these advisory roles. And you know, more along those lines, you have an MBA, which is from Harvard, which I think is super fascinating. And I get this conversation, this question from a lot of students, should they pursue an MBA either during medical school, after medical school, during residency? Tell us about your MBA and do you feel like, number one, was that worth the time and money and how has that benefited your career? Yeah. So at the time I went through that program, you know, I was, I was the first class of students to enter, uh, into, uh, Harvard medical school uh, doing that joint degree program. So it was really a test, a test flight, uh, of that program. And, um, you know, we didn't really know if it was going to be successful or not. Um, I initially thought I would want to do MD PhD. I was always interested in research and uh, went pretty deeply into research starting starting in high school. Um, you know, I was I was very involved in in a number of uh, laboratory research projects. Uh, you know, g- going back a long time. Thought I would become a physician scientist along that classical pathway, and then uh, ultimately, you know, I, I realized uh, working one summer in, uh, in Boston for uh, uh, one of the leaders of the MD PhD program, who was a great uh, a great neurology researcher. Um, I realized lab work just wasn't for me. I, I think there are people who who do it really well, and I respect those people tremendously. Uh, I, I I don't think it was it was for me, and so um, I switched tacks and said, "There's this new MD MBA program." I was really excited about translational innovation. You know how to take things out of the laboratory, out of the clinic, into the marketplace where they can help a lot of people. And so I said, "Let's let's give this a go." Uh, it was an extra year onto my training. And I'm very happy that I did it. Uh, it, it, was, it was really an extraordinary experience, uh, something completely orthogonal to, you know, what you do in medical school. Um, the people you meet are largely, you know, completely uh, uh, different in orientation, and that's very intellectually stimulating. I'm still in very close touch with a lot of the people from my, uh, my class there. Um, but fundamentally, you know, I've had a lot of students ask me that as well, Rick, and I tell them it's not necessary. I, I really don't believe it is. Um, you know, more, more recently, you know, I've become involved in, uh, uh, in, in, in startup culture and, you know, the sort of Silicon Valley style startup culture and MBA is actually viewed as a negative there often. Really? Um, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, you know, it's certainly not required to be successful in entrepreneurship, uh, or business for that matter. Uh, I think it can be a really interesting experience. And, uh, if you go to the right program, um, you can meet some interesting people. But it is by no means required or necessary. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. Whenever a student 
asks me, should I do an MBA at whatever time it is, before medical school, after medical school, during residency, I say that it's not necessary. However, I think doctors in this day and age, and even more important moving forward, have to have some kind of business sense because our job is becoming very administrative. The business side of medicine, we need to hold on to that as physicians as opposed to giving that up to the administrators. And so I definitely tell our students that you have to have a business mindset, not necessarily a business education. And so I think that is important, but it, it, it's interesting to see how your career developed because I was considering getting an MBA and I think, I think it is valuable, but like you said, not required. What a phenomenal interview. I can tell you that the things that I took away from this interview are the fact that the tremendous respect I have for you to think outside the box. And that's, as I told you before, I tell all the residents that, but someone in your position, having gone to an elite college and medical school and great residency, you could easily coast and just stay in your comfort zone, just like 99% of doctors do. But you chose to go outside of your comfort zone and push the frontiers. And I think that's something I respect tremendously and I wish there was more of. So if our listeners out there could just see what your mindset is and the fact that you can't be scared to fail, you have to be more interested in pushing the field forward. And that's my take home message is that what you've become, everyone can do it. You just got to have the right mindset. So again, kudos to you for taking that risk, pushing the field forward and really being an inspiration to a lot of people. 